Today we're going to get into a message entitled Empowered Prayer. It's part six of our sermon series, Unstoppable. What we've been doing is, uh, is along with a number of churches in San Antonio, walking through the book of Acts that's leading up to today, which is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, this book, and we had run out of these books. We had about 300 or so. Then we, we got some more in. So I know the last couple of weeks we didn't have them available. We did get a few more available. And the good news is it's free. What this is is a devotional, 56 devotions on the book of Acts, 28 in English, 28 in Spanish, written by 56 pastors and spiritual leaders in San Antonio. And um, it, it's a great resource. I got a, an opportunity to do a devotion on one of them as well. And so we have a limited number of books free of charge right back over there. Just only thing I ask is just read it. If you're going to take one, read it and uh, you will be blessed by it. And uh, this concludes today our, our sermon, and we're going to talk about empowered prayer. Talking about prayer reminds me of a story of a young boy who, uh, who is living in a small country town, very small town, where you know everybody knows everybody in this small town. You know what I'm talking about? They had like maybe three or four churches, and that's about it. And so what, uh, what happened is this pastor of one of the three or four churches receives a phone call from a boy, and he says, Pastor, can you come visit my mom? She's sick. And the pastor says, well, yeah, I can, but, you know, he knew, everybody knew each other. I, I know your family, I know your mom, and I also know that you're, are, you, you go to another church in town. So I don't mind going, but I kind of think you probably need to call your pastor first to go visit, and, and is there a reason why you didn't call him? And the little boy says, yeah, Pastor, see, the problem is, uh, my mom is, is very sick, and it's very contagious, and I don't want my pastor to get sick. <laughs> okay, how many know that that's maybe the wrong idea about calling people for prayer, huh? Okay. Today, we're going to talk about empowered prayer as we talk about what happened on Pentecost about 2,000 years ago. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says this, And when they had prayed... I'm going to say that again. I love these five words. And when they had prayed. Does anybody believe with me that mighty things happen when the people of God pray? And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Does anybody believe that great things happen when the people of God pray. Today we're going to talk about this, this topic, empowered prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have the privilege to approach your throne. And today we do so once again, acknowledging your hand of blessing that's upon us. We thank you that we, as we gather together, can be a people of prayer and a people of faith. As we continue to, to delve into the great lessons we can learn from the book of Acts, we pray that you would just um, do something great in each of our lives be glorified in everything we do. We ask your blessing upon this teaching in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Does anybody believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and well in 2019? Amen. I believe that what happened back then is happening today in our world today. So Pentecost Sunday is today. Welcome Penta meaning five or 50, 50 days after Passover. The very first uh, uh, representation in the book of Acts is actually uh, 50 days after Jesus died. Jesus died on 
Passover and many years ago. But that wasn't the original Pentecost, which kind of leads me to uh, some people think, oh, Pentecost started in Acts chapter 2. Uh, no, Pentecost actually started in Exodus. You read about it in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And uh, there's some powerful principles. And I, I'm, we're really not going to delve into that. We've, I've taught about that before. But our Digging Deeper Notes kind of gives you a synopsis of Old Testament Pentecost, where God sent forth his word. I mean, oh, that's the day when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Then you have the New Testament Pentecost when God gave us his spirit. What a great combination. The power of the word, the power of the spirit. So your Digging Deeper Notes are available back there if you would like to dig deeper into what Pentecost Sunday is all about. Today we're going to look into uh, some lessons that we can learn from the book of Acts concerning prayer. This is going to conclude our, our series, Unstoppable. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to have a great time. Father's Day, dads, don't want to miss next Sunday. We've got a very special gift for you. And we are going to have a panel of dads up here. It's going to be a very unique and different sort of message. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. That's next Sunday. Amen. Today, we're going to talk about empowered prayer. Part six of our sermon on the book of Acts, our sermon series on the book of Acts, Unstoppable. So as we walk through the book of Acts, and I'm going to use various... uh, scriptures. I am going to dwell a little bit more on Acts chapter 12, but we're going to learn some lessons about the power of prayer because something happened that day when the church was gathered in the upper room, and we read about it in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit came, and it literally transformed their lives, and they began to live under the power of the Holy Spirit. Their prayer life, their connection with God was totally transformed and taken to a new level. What happened? Let's, let's take a look at Many, many things. I'm just going to narrow it down to three points about empowered prayer and what we can learn from the people, the early church in the book of Acts. Lesson number one is this. Empowered prayer is filled with faith. Empowered prayer is filled with with faith. So in other words, first of all, I want to say, do you want to take your prayer life to another level? Amen. Hopefully your answer is yes. What does that do? It takes your relationship with God to another level. See, God has a way of speaking to his people. He speaks to us through his word, and he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And let's begin, if we could take a look at Acts chapter 1. We know that in Acts chapter 1, we're told that Jesus, this is after the crucifixion, this is after the resurrection, Jesus is getting ready to ascend back into heaven, to go to the right hand of the Father. And he tells the disciples, he tells the people of God, Wait for me. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise that is to come. So in other words, he was challenging them. He was stretching their faith. Because if they were to believe what Jesus was saying, they would have to have the faith enough to wait and believe that what Jesus was saying was actually true. Jesus said, go wait for the promise. It's coming. See, empowered prayer is filled with faith. So let's pick up in verse 12 here in Acts 1. Then they returned to Jerusalem. This is how they responded. From the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord, somebody say one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer. What were they devoting themselves to? 
prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now, if you were to call a prayer meeting, that's a prayer meeting I wanted to be at, huh? Can you think about that? What an awesome lineup of people to hang out with and pray. We're talking Peter, James, John. We're talking Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, and Simon, the son of uh, uh, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Not the other Judas, but the, Jude, the real Jude, the good Judas, okay? And, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now that's a prayer meeting, amen? That is a prayer meeting. This is exactly what's happening because they had faith. They had empowered prayer because it was filled with faith. These are the ones who believed that what Jesus said was going to take place. They believed that the promise of the Holy Spirit was coming. They had enough faith to believe in it. Is that the kind of faith that you have? See, sometimes you and I, we pray, and we pray one time, and we give up. We give up. Lord, I guess it's not in the cards, as some of us like to say. It's not appropriate language, but anyway, some people just want to give up. Well, I guess it's, eh, why bother to pray? Martin Luther once said this, prayer is a strong wall and fortress of the church. It is a goodly Christian weapon. Last week, for those of you who are here, we looked and studied Acts chapter 10. It's a story where Peter was up on the roof and, and he saw a vision coming down and God was speaking to him through this vision. You all remember that lesson from last week. Well, if, once again, if you, if you remember what we studied, Cornelius prayed and God spoke to him. Peter prayed and God spoke to him. So what does that teach you? If you want to hear from God, you've got to pray. Does anybody want to hear from God? God, what do you want from my life? Just pray. And we learned that lesson. All through Scripture, we pray and we hear from God. So first of all, number one, empowered prayer is filled with faith. Number two, empowered prayer prepares you, i got to say that right, prepares you for your breakthrough. Anybody here looking for a breakthrough? Anybody here need a miracle? Amen? And, and, and you know what? This, I just got to say, if you are dealing, if you, if you want a miracle, what, what's the prerequisite for a miracle? I'm going to say, and I know this may sound funny, but the prerequisite for a miracle is a problem. Okay? Because everybody who experiences a miracle, first of all, they had a problem. Then they get, then they get a miracle. They get their breakthrough. You know what I'm talking about? So if you've got a problem today, guess what? You are a candidate for a miracle. Amen? If you don't have a problem today, sorry. In fact, maybe I need to pray for those of you that don't have a problem. God, would you send them a problem? Send them a problem, Lord. So that they can experience a miracle of God. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Anybody, anybody need me to pray for you to get a problem? Anybody? Okay, okay, okay. Just checking, just checking, okay? See, because in order to receive a breakthrough, in order to receive a miracle from God, that's all you need. <clears throat> so now I want to go to Acts chapter 12, because this, this point, I, I want to show you what we learned from Acts chapter 12. There was a problem. What was the problem? Peter was in prison. He was in prison for preaching the gospel. Anybody of you experienced prison because of preaching the gospel? Maybe you experienced prison for other reasons, but no, for preaching the gospel. No, uh, I don't think any of us have been thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Back then, they were, the church was being persecuted. And praise God that today we don't have to deal with 
that. So <clears throat> their leader was in prison, and they needed their leader because the early church was just being birthed. It was brand new. They needed Peter, their leader. So sometimes we say, okay, let's, let's start with this premise. Why do we deal with problems? Have you ever asked, God, why am I dealing with this? Why do I have to deal with this issue, this problem, this circumstance? I just don't understand. God, why? Very quickly, I'm just going to give you four reasons, uh, four things that problems do for us. And there's many more than this, but number one, or letter A, problems build character in you. Problems build character in you. If you want to uh, experience greater character, you know, uh, you know, once again, I would believe that most of you here today are strong in the Lord because of things that you've had to deal with in life. Character has been built in you. That's what problems do. Letter B, problems make you depend more on God. Problems make you depend more on God because if you don't have a problem, you're going to go through life, oh yeah, things are great, I don't need God, I don't need this. I mean, yeah, you do need God. But sometimes we need to be reminded. So we have to deal with problems. Let us see. Problems improve your prayer life. Problems improve your prayer life. How many of you parents were, have ever know what it's like to teach your son or daughter how to drive? And when they're in the driver's seat learning and you're in the passenger seat, how many of you know your prayer life improves? Yes. Honey, don't drive by faith. Drive by sight. You know, you know. And, 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 you know, your prayer life really, my, when my mom was in the, drive, in the passenger seat and I was driving, yeah, her prayer life was just, yeah, really, really touching God is what happened there. Problems improve your prayer life. And letter D, problems prepare you for a miracle. And I love this. Problems prepare you for a miracle. So, when you have a problem to deal with, what do we do as a church? Should we gossip? Should we give up? Should we try to deal with these problems on our own wisdom? Should we check our horoscope? Or should we pray? Hopefully you know what the answer is. So verse 5, Acts chapter 12. Let's, look, let's uh, get this on the screen here. It says, So Peter was kept in prison. How many know that's the problem? But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So here you have the problem and then you have the solution all in one verse. What was the problem? Peter was in prison. Their leader was in prison. What was the solution? Earnest prayer. Did you catch that? Okay. So what do we do? When we have a problem, we go to the Lord in prayer. And then in verse 6, it says, The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. So we read here, we, we're given a picture of where Peter is at. In prison bound by two chains, and, uh, and, and, you know, of course, he couldn't get out of there. He needed a miracle. And I want to take a minute to draw a correlation because Peter was in literal physical chains. Some of us today, even though we're believers, we're going to heaven, we love Jesus, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there are some believers that have other types of chains. Not physical, but they could be emotional chains. They could be spiritual chains. Could be mental chains. Could be relational 
chains. And today, I want you to believe that God wants you to experience a breakthrough. What are some examples of chains that we as believers deal with? Let me give you a few examples. One of them is is abuse. Maybe you have had to deal with abuse, whether it's emotional abuse or physical abuse or sexual abuse. God wants to help you break those chains. What else? Unforgiveness. Oh, this is a good one. Somebody has done you wrong. Somebody spoke against you. Somebody stabbed you in the back. Somebody treated you. You know what it's like. All of us have had to deal with people who are ugly and rude and and even right out nasty to us. And it's hard to forgive. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's hard to forgive. And so we carry around unforgiveness in, in our hearts, and it's affecting our relationship with God. It's time for those, those issues to come off the chain. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to use that term, off the chain. It makes me feel young when I use that hip term. Off the chain. This is an off the chain message, okay? <clears throat> I'm teasing. <clears throat> yeah, I'm too old to use that terminology, okay? Perhaps your issue is rejection. Someone has rejected you, and it hurts. Just know that God never, never rejects you. How about maybe the issue of guilt? You've done something wrong, you've sinned, and and you're carrying around that guilt, and the enemy loves to place that on you. Guilt. He wants you to feel guilty and bring you down. Or the orphan heart. What is that? Maybe you felt the the absentee of mom or dad and, and that the figure that you needed younger and, and even is an adult and it's affecting your spiritual life. Condemnation. People are condemning you. The devil is condemning you. It's time to get that off the chain. Or how about legalism? We talked about that last week. There's some, some people who love Jesus. They love church. They're going to heaven. But man, they, they have a big list of do's and don'ts. We need to get that off the chain. Or how about the victim spirit? It seems as though everything that's happening, you, you become the victim, the target of the enemy. It's time to get that off the chain. So the bad news is this. We all have issues that we're dealing with. But the good news is the Lord provides a way out. And he can take any issue off the chain. We just need to seek God and pray about it. Life lesson, worry is a burden you carry about the things that you cannot change. But prayer is talking to God about the things he can change. So now let's go to verse 7 of Acts 12. After the church prayed, remember the problem? Peter's in jail. The solution, the people of God prayed. What happened? Now let's read what happened. Verse 7, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And what happened to the chains? The chains fell off Peter's wrist. There it is. There's a message off the chain, okay? There it is. And the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Amen. Does God answer prayer? Does God answer prayer? How many of you have experienced answered prayer from God? Amen. You are testimony, amen, of answered prayer. And, and, and you notice, I, I love this also, because who did God, God sent an angel God sent an angel to to Peter there. And sometimes we fail to see that God knows who to send in your life. Maybe someone was sent in your life five years ago, ten years ago, and they started telling you about Jesus. And you are a believer in Jesus Christ today 
because of that person. Can we just take a moment and say thank you, Jesus, for that angel, that individual that God sent our way, and, and, and praise God for that. How many of you know that there's angels who pray for you? Some of you are probably sitting here today in church in the house of the Lord because somebody was praying for you. It could have been mama, could have been daddy, could have been grandma, grandpa, an aunt, an uncle, brother, sister, could be a husband or wife. Somebody was praying for you. And because of that, you're serving the Lord God Almighty. Somebody say there's power in prayer. Amen. So the church was praying for Peter and God did something fantastic. God just did miracles because the people of God pray. We here at Fortress Church, we love to pray. Sometimes you'll see somebody up here on the platform during our, our, our prayer time. What, what are they doing? They're interceding for us, every individual. Right now as I'm speaking here, there's somebody in our war room back there praying, calling upon God, praying for me, praying for God's anointing to be upon me, praying for you as you receive this word, praying for the Spirit of God to flow in this place. We believe in the power of agreement. We can pray and lift up others. A few minutes ago, we learned that we're, we have a new one of our new prayer targets is Will and Angela Lester, praying for them as they go to, to the country, <clears throat> country of Iraq. And now I'm, I'm going to ask Ryan and Sally, Stanley, come on up here. They serve as, as Chi Alpha leaders at USC, that's University of South Carolina. They're a long ways away, but uh, of course, um, you know, hopefully we had a, a hand in sending you off three years ago. But Ryan and Stanley, uh, uh, Ryan and Sally Stanley, that are here. Just tell us what what is the importance of the church of people praying for you today? Hello, it's great to be back at Fortress Church. I'm Ryan. This is Sally. We are at the University of South Carolina and doing Chi Alpha there. We came from Texas, so we love to be back here with y'all. And we really do believe in the importance and the power of prayer and. We know that there is a problem on the university, right? And there is, there is the next generation of the church doesn't seem like it's just ready to take up the reins. And so we believe that prayer is going to change that. And we walk our campus every week and we pray, God, tear down these strongholds, reach the people that we can't reach. And through prayer, we're seeing the, the problems of anxiety and depression and suicide that are on the rise on the university campus. We're seeing those broken down. And we're seeing powerful prayers being answered in students that we're becoming friends with. And Sally has a really cool story of, of, a, of a girl in her small group that, that experienced the power of prayer in her life. So I have a friend named Carolyn. And she uh, was living really selfishly for the Lord, just like doing whatever she wanted, going and partying and stuff. And she, she came to a small group and her life was changed. And the Lord like just reshaped her entire world because people like you at this church have sent us and and you were praying for her and now she just graduated and as you guys continue to pray for her she's going to get a job she's going to join a church she's going to serve that church she's going to volunteer she may she may not come to fortress because she lives in south carolina but she's going to maybe lead a connect group and she's going to begin to pray for the next generation that's coming and graduating and she's going to tie to that church and she's going to serve that church and love the pastor all because of people like you that have come underneath us and underneath her as she walks out what the Lord has called her to and so we're just so thankful that that you guys have been underneath us and have prayed for us and then in turn has prayed for the college 
campus in general, not only at UTSA, but all around the United States, if you guys just pray for confidence and wisdom for these students that are walking into the marketplace or missions like the Lester's. And that's, that's where, that's where y'all's prayers go. And that's what y'all's help goes to. And we're just so thankful. I want to pray for you, all right? Amen. Because, um, you know, uh, Iraq is a mission field. Even the University of South Carolina is a mission field. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Ryan and Sally. We thank you, Lord, that you have called them, and they were willing to say yes. Thank you for that, Lord. And we here, we may not be able to go to University of South Carolina, but, Lord, our prayers can support them. Our finances can support them. We thank you, Lord, for Ryan and Sally. We pray your blessing and covering over them. Thank you, Lord, that we were able to reconnect with them even for this short weekend. And we just pray, Lord God, that your hand would be upon them. Anoint them to do what you've called them to do. In the name of Jesus, may even more fruit be evident there on the campus through Chi Alpha there at USC. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Thank you. Amen. Had to give you that because that's an example of what prayer can do. That's what we're talking about today. When the church prays, I mean, great things happen. Amen. So don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. And, uh, and, and in fact, if some of you want a list, we're going to, we're updating our missions list. We just added two more this uh, last month. One of them was the, the, the Lester's this month. And so we want to, maybe next week we'll give you a new printout of all the missionaries that you can pray for on a regular basis. Number three, what else can we learn from the book of Acts about prayer? Empowered prayer always points to Jesus. Amen? Empowered prayer always points to Jesus. We read about what happens in Acts chapter 3, and without getting into a long discourse, we've talked about this. Peter and John were on the way to pray, and along the way at the gate beautiful, there was a beggar, a 40-year-old beggar, Scripture says, that had been begging for years and years. He asked Peter and John for money, but perhaps you know what the response was. Silver and gold I do not have, but, did you know what he says next? Peter says, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's what Peter said. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Can I say that again? In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Does anybody know that miracles happen when you call upon the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. That beggar, that lame man, once was lame. He just rose up, started to to shout and dance and walk around because he was healed. How? In the name of Jesus. So sometimes we ask, why do we pray in the name of Jesus? Once again, do we pray to Jesus? No. We pray to God the Father. That's how Jesus told us to pray. Our Father. We pray to the Father. So we pray, but we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray, God Almighty, and we begin our prayer. I come to you, we may say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Or oftentimes at the end of our prayer, we may say, I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Why do we say that? I jotted down seven reasons why we pray in the name of Jesus. Number one, to make sure that Jesus gets the glory, not us. When we pray in the name of Jesus, when Peter and John called upon Jesus of Nazareth, that that lame man would be healed, why did they do that? So that 
they wouldn't get the glory. No, the glory was Jesus's, right? In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Jesus got the glory. This lame beggar got the healing. Amen? Jesus says in John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, in my name, Jesus said, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. What does that mean? The Son is going to be glorified when we call upon the name of Jesus. Number two, why do we call upon the name of Jesus? Why do we pray in the name of Jesus? To identify ourselves as Christ followers. See, when we call upon Jesus and say, you know what? I'm a follower of Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus. I'm praying in the name of Jesus. It identifies me as a follower of Jesus Christ. How many of you love to identify yourself with Jesus? In fact, that's what the word Christian is. Christian is a follower of Christ. So when you say you're a Christian, you got to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. So that's why we sing this song. What a beautiful name it is. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever our God reigns. Yours is a kingdom. Yours is a glory. Yours is a name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. Amen. Hallelujah. Empowered prayer always points to Jesus. Why do we pray? Why do do we use the name of Jesus when we pray? Number three, to acknowledge that Jesus saves. To acknowledge that Jesus saves. One more scripture from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says this. There is no other name. Somebody say no other name. Under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Even in Peter's sermon, we read about this in Acts chapter 2. Peter referenced the book of Joel where it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why do we use the name of Jesus when we pray? Number four, to acknowledge that Jesus is our high priest. You can read about that in Hebrews 4. Uh, that, that's your homework. Read about it in Hebrews 4, that Jesus... Well, what is a high priest? One who goes before us to the Father. Aren't you glad that Jesus has your back? <laughs> Jesus has your back. Amen. Number five, why do we pray in the name of Jesus? To plug into the authority that we have in Jesus. How many know there's authority when we call upon the name of Jesus? Amen. It says in Acts 6, 6, Then they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. They prayed in the name of Jesus. Because there's authority in the name of Jesus. If I'm driving down the road, and out in the middle of the hole, uh, in the road up ahead, there's a police officer with his hand like this, even if the light says green, what do I do? I obey the hand of the police officer, Right? My car has the ability to run him over. But that would be quite stupid of me to run him over. Why? I've got to respect the authority of what that hand and what this uniform represents. I've got to stop because of his authority. You know what we do? When you call upon the name of Jesus, you know what you're doing? You're like that police officer because the devil is after you. The devil is out to steal kill and destroy you and your spiritual life. 
But when you say, hold on, devil, I, in the authority of Jesus Christ, say, you got to stop right there. You have no authority in my home. You have no authority in my life. You have no authority in my household or my children or my family. In the name of Jesus, you've got to stop, devil. Okay? How can you do that? Because when you pray in the name of Jesus, you can tell the devil's top, which leads us to the point number six. It, it, it drives away the enemy. Why do we pray in the name of Jesus? To drive away the enemy. Jesus says this in Mark 16, 7. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Jesus said, in my name, they will cast out demons. Anybody want the devil to just, to just flee? Just get out of your life, right? That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. And number seven, there's actually more than seven reasons. I just jotted down seven because I like that number, all right? To re- why do we pray in the name of Jesus? To rely on him to be our fortress of safety. What do we mean by that? Well, the book of Proverbs, verse eight, uh, chapter 18, verse 10, says this. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. So when we call upon the name of Jesus, it's like a hedge of protection around us. Anybody, have any of you prayed, ever prayed a hedge of protection around your family, around your children? around your loved ones, around your friends, around your business, around your, your physical home. Lord, would you be that? This is what we're talking about here, okay? To rely on him, Jesus, to be our fortress of safety. That's what it says. Once again, Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. And are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. That'd be a great name for a church, by the way. Anyway, that's what the Bible says. Okay, <laughs> I'm teasing, but how many know we can? We have a hedge of protection around us, wherever we go, whatever we do. And there's times that we need to pray a hedge of protection around our family as well. And how do we do that? In the name of Jesus. Can somebody say Jesus? Can somebody say Jesus again? Jesus. Can somebody stand to your feet and just say Jesus? It's time to call upon the Lord. Would you join me as you stand? Jesus. Jesus, we call upon you. We're going we're gonna to start off with a simple prayer. Perhaps you want to repeat after me. And then we're going to take some time to seek the Lord. Maybe you want to repeat after me here. Lord God Almighty, I come to you in the name of Jesus. The name by which I'm saved, redeemed, forgiven, and empowered. First of all, I give thanks to you. You've been good to me. Secondly, I have needs. I need a breakthrough. I realize that it comes when I make it my priority to seek more of you. I pray that you would bless me with overcoming power. In the name of Jesus, I know that I can overcome fear, rejection, abuse, guilt, shame, condemnation, worry, unforgiveness, or anything else the enemy tries to place in my life. I am an overcomer. Amen. So be it.
If you believe that, would you give God some praise right now? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus.